This is the Sanctuary LA podcast. We are a real church for real people in the heart of downtown Los Angeles. Um, so you guys ready to jump right in here? Um, here we go. Uh, these two gentlemen obviously are married, so we want to start off on a, on a positive note here. And so, uh, and so we're, we're, we're going to kind of go through some other kind of family questions here, but um, it, Proverbs 18, verse 22, I'll just share this, and then I'll ask you all a question, I'll ask Michael a question, but uh, the man who finds a wife finds a treasure, this is the NLT version, or man who finds a wife finds a good thing, a treasure, um, somebody said, come on ladies, say amen, yeah, uh, and he receives favor from the Lord, and so find, find there means um, to catch, and so, uh, <laughs> and to cause to come to and so we're going to talk about this a little more, but in this context, even from a, from a scriptural viewpoint, it's, it's the, the man is the one pursuing, finding, uh, catching. And so I find that uh, really cool there. And so that's awesome. Um, here's another one for Michael. Um, how do you have relationships with siblings that are non-believers? Anybody got anybody in your family that, that isn't walking with the Lord or isn't saved and is there any, any, ever any tension in those kind of relationships? I, I, yeah. Yes, I got a witness in the back. Um, but yeah, um, and, and maybe not just siblings, but just anybody in your family, but maybe your personal, you know, story is actual sibling. How do you, how do you navigate something like that when, you know, you, you're going to see them? So. Yeah, and, you know, I have, um, I have five brothers and three sisters. So, you know, I come from a large family, so I do have um, siblings who are non-believers, and, you know, they... A lot of my family does stuff on Sundays, and they're like, are you coming? Like, no, I'm going to church. And you know, they, they get upset about that. And, you know, I have to hear it from them every time I see them, the non-believers, but, you know, I still tell them that I love them. Um, you know, I'm still there for them. I don't turn my backs on them because, you know, the, the Bible tells you to be kind, you know, to, to uh, be forgiving. You know, these people, they're not, they're not bad people. They're just lost. Yeah. And sometimes That's you're good. their only way out, even if, you know, you know, you're a sibling, but you're the closest person to them. So if you can bring them to God little by little, then you have to do that. You have a job to do. You know, God put you on this, you know, this, this earth. He gave you this life to fulfill a purpose. And, you know, he says, make disciples out of the nations. Well, your siblings is one of them disciples that you need Amen. to make. Amen. Um, it may be a slow, painful process. Trust me, because, <laughs> you know, my sister's still far from away, but she has, uh, she has come to this church one time. Mm. I did get her coming to church, so she did do that. Um, so, but she's she's slowly coming around. She doesn't really bad talk me. She understands why I believe, but she's still not a believer. But I just tell her God believes in you, and I believe in you. So that's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. Sometimes like family's probably the hardest, right? Because then they'll call you on your stuff because they know you better than anybody else, and you're like, that's not fair. <laughs> You, you know too much about me. Like, anybody know what I'm talking about? They're like, and, and sometimes I think, honestly, I'll be honest with you here. I, I believe sometimes it's a good thing for people to really know you, right? And I know sometimes people don't use it all the best way. And we want people that know us where we're vulnerable and they're actually helping us. But, um, but we have to learn how to relate, right? We have to learn how to navigate through a relationship of somebody really knowing you and, um, and, 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 you know, uh, loving them through that is not always easy, like you said. Um, did you have anything to say to that, Chris? No, or? I mean, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, I think you have to just uh, 
big example. You know, they will call you out for sure. So you have to, you know, uh, continue to, like you say, continue to love them. Continue to just, you know, listen because you know they're gonna, they're gonna try to challenge you too. You know, they're, right. they're already gonna try to yeah. get you if you're, you know, doing something that's non-Christian. You know, so definitely uh, continues to be an example. Continues to live that lifestyle, and eventually, I think they'll catch on. They'll catch on. It's like, okay, he's for real. He's he's not just doing this for. A temporary time. This is the real deal. So I think eventually you continue to model that way, and they'll they'll see your lifestyle. They'll see how God's blessed you in your life, and they'll they'll try to ask more about it. So. That's awesome. That's good stuff. Uh, here we go. Back to the marriage thing. Okay, back to the wife and husband thing. Um, with regards to leading the home, because um, in the Bible, the Bible says, you know, in Ephesians chapter five, it lines out, um, you know, that. Uh, husbands love your wives. I believe there's a context of four times in that portion of scripture that God told the husbands to love the wife, but he told the wife to respect and submit twice. So he told us four times, tells the lady twice. Like I said, I said this before, I think God knows that men have trouble listening sometimes. Can I get an amen, wives? Yeah. Don't get too excited, ladies. Come on. This is the men's day. Where's the men of God at? Come on. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Thank you, Eric. That's all I need is that right there. Just that base just went through the room. Uh, no, but, but there, that, that, that's in the scripture, right? That's, that, there, there's a context for that. It's God's method. Um, submit means to come underneath God's arrangement, the way he arranged things. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this. But with regards to leading the home as the husband, um, how, for you, how does that practically look? Can you give an actual example of how you lead in your home? Chris, go for it. Uh, I mean, for example, we definitely have uh, we've created our routines of, you know, we start a devotional first thing in the morning. We make sure we pray at night. You know, there's even at night, uh, sometimes we like to do a movie in bed, but like I make it a point that we always pray first because I don't want to yeah. be too tired then go pray for God. You know, not, yeah. he, he's more important than what we're about to do. Awesome. So always make it, make it a habit of that. We are going to pray first, put him first, no matter what we're doing. So, you know, mm-hmm. we just, as men, we have to set that example. You know, we're not going to do this. We are going to, when we do have our family, for me and Venetia, we are, the whole family is going to church. They're not going to have a choice about that until, mm-hmm. they, you know, they get order. But that's such an important thing to do that we are going to set that structure for the home and that's uh, good. Ma- maintain it too. Yeah, and I want to encourage you, and Michael can answer this too, you men of God, uh, husbands, is, look, you don't, have to, you don't have to do everything right all the time. Don't, don't put pressure on yourself. I, God honors men when they show up. There's something about when a man shows up and gives, contributes something. Uh, you know, as simple as it might sound, Chris is like, look, we're going to pray before we get tired. This, that is what a man of God does. It, it, it wasn't super complex and complicated. He just stepped up and said, this is, the, this is what we're gonna do. And, and, it's, and, and many times, look at God's requiring simple faith from you, men of God, and say this is, you know, and, and, and take that lead, even in a seemingly small area, when a man does it in the context of the home, it is powerful because that is God's arrangement. And God moves in a context when men rise up. There's something about when men rise up and be that, 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 a, that a, no woman wants to be controlled, but I believe every wife desires to be led. Yeah. So, Michael, 
What, what do you practically do? What's a real example of you leading the home? Um, a, real, a real example for us would be, you know, you know what, when you eat dinner, you know, you have the, yeah. the kids pray over the food. And, yeah. you know, at first we would pray, you know, they were kids, even my wife would all look to me to, to, to do the prayer. And now, you know, we empower the kids to do that. You know, they'll pray over the meal for all of us. And, you know, you encourage them just to keep doing that. At the end of the night when, you know, they're getting ready to lay down, if we read a story to them, it's usually the, the kids' Bible. We read a story out of the kids' Bible. They see that um, that's an important thing. Um, that's first. I mean, on Sundays, they know that we're going to church. They know that we're not going to miss church, that that's, that's, that's key. God's first. And they know that's that good. in our home. It's powerful. You know, there isn't something that um, the kids will know that we'll put before God because it won't happen. They know that if there's a party going on, we're going to church. We're not going to the party. You know, you know if the party's thereafter, we'll go. But if not, sorry, God's first. That's the way it's going to happen. You know, even the other night, you know, I posted on Facebook that the kids were arguing, and, and, and Nathan was like, guys, stop. Remember in John 27, it says to love, to um, be kind to one another. And I'm like, let him, I was like, well, you're wrong about the scripture, but, you know, you got, you're, you're, just you're getting this random getting verse. There. Um, and that, Tell them, Dad. See, that's dads. They correct their children when they're off on the scripture. So, man, that's leading the home, folks. Um, but he's it's powerful. Uh, you know, that shows that our kids are heading in the rock direction. So us, you know, as leaders and me leading the home, um, that we're doing a good job. That we're, we're at least doing, we're doing something right for the kingdom. Yeah, that's powerful. Isn't that awesome? Uh, last night, um, I was frustrated. <clears throat> I was. Lord, forgive me. But... Um, no, just putting the kids to bed, man. Sometimes they, they, it takes forever to get the toys away, and then they don't complete it. And then I'm just going to vent here for a moment. And then, um, <laughs> then they bottleneck at the bathroom. I don't, it's like they just, I don't know what it is. And so I was frustrated and finally got the kids in bed, and Crystal Gale laid down with them. You know, that's kind of how we do it. Like, she'll lay down with them initially because she knows I'll, I will be gone at that. So she takes that on because she'll get back up. I won't. Uh, but um, I'm not leading at the best in that area. I'll just go to sleep. I'll just go on. Uh, no, but she'll do that. But I, in the moment, I was frustrated. I didn't feel like praying. I didn't feel like praying over my children. I didn't think they deserved my prayers. <laughs> They need to repent, and the goodness of God will come. Somebody, someone, somebody say amen. Any fathers out there, say amen. Amen. Oh, yeah, yeah, thank you. But, but I, I was thinking, I am the head of this home, and I am required to lead when I don't feel like it. So I just walked in there. I, I, I couldn't even say, okay, I'm going to pray. I was like, I just had to start. So I just said... Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for Nico and Gia. I pray you bless them. Give them peace as they sleep. Lord, be with them. You know, you know, may your face shine upon them. In Jesus' name, amen. And I walked out of the room. <laughs> you know? And so as little as that might seem, as a man of God, that is what is required of us. And there is a grace on us to do that. Somebody say amen. amen. We, we lead. There's two times we lead as men of God in our home. It's when we feel like it and when we don't. Doesn't mean we're always going to get it right, but that's, that's why we're there. Amen? All right. And so, um, so there we go. So 
So here's another one here. This is um, uh, in regards to this, guys, a family is, um, should the husband be the provider? Chris? Yes. Somebody's uh, like, uh-oh. <laughs> what we mean by that is, yeah. I think generally, obviously, men are going to, are going to potentially you know, bring more money into the household. Not always. I'm totally happy with my wife wants to make more money. That's no problem there. Yeah. Me too. But, Lord bless but, her. Yeah. But increase. Uh, being Sorry. the provider is more than even financial yeah, it's good. gain. There's, there's, like I said before, like there's structure. There's things you got to make sure that you're going to be there for your, your kids. You're going to be there yeah. for your wife. You're going to yeah. be there uh, when they need you. You're going to be there. You know, a, a woman needs more than, like I said, financial support. They need to know that you're going to be there when they need that support. Um, and it's just uh, uh, so important to be there. You know, it's, you don't, you, they can't be there grabbing for something and you're not there. You got to be there. You got to be there, like you said. Even if you don't feel like you got to be there, you got to be that man of the house and step up every time. So you got to mm-hmm. like, set the tone for the household. It's good. Let, let the wife make it a home, but we got to set the tone. We got to set the structure. Make it, make it strong. You got and the family's got to feel safe. They got to feel safe in that household. It's good. Creating that uh, environment is very important. Powerful. I got three things for, for you here. When what does it mean for a woman to submit under? Uh, her husband there's three things that a woman a house gets when when met when the husband leads and these are the three i'll give and then michael you can answer that as well but protection provision and purpose are under god's arrangement um submission isn't a dictatorial domineering thing that is not of god that is not leading that is controlling they're two different things when when a when a house is when a man leads that there's protection, there's provision, and there is purpose always in the kingdom of God. There's some, there's, yeah, when my wife and I went through marital counseling, premarital counseling with her uncle and her auntie, Uncle Alvin and um, Auntie Lena, that actually, Auntie Lena was here. She visited us. Some of you met her. Um, Auntie Lena told Crystal Gale, Crystal Gale, submission is a safe place. And I said, amen. Amen, Auntie Teller. No, um, no, but it is. It really, the biblical context, that is what a man brings to the home. That is what he is graced to bring. That is what he is anointed to bring. That, that is what he is required to bring. Protection, provision, and purpose. Uh, Michael, did you want to answer that one there? You know, should, you know, as far as the provider, add to that a little bit? I mean, yeah, and I mean... You look at it, and generally the men's supposed to be the provider. I mean, there was a time in, you know, our marriage where um, I left the company. I'd worked for 15 years, and my wife was like, you take a break. You stay home. I'm going to go to work. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be great. I'm going to stay home. I'm going to stay home with the kids. And, you know, after the first week, I'm like, what have I done? You know? <laughs> it was, you know, you... Uh, you go to, I'm like, you know. The Lord is calling me back to the yeah, marketplace. I'm like, listen, I'm going back to work. <laughs> you're For gonna, real. You're going to stay home with the kids. Can't um, do that. You know, I still, you know, I'm the main person working now, and, you know, she's at home with the kids, and, you know, I, you know, I, my job is hard. What I do, I do work a lot, but I still feel bad that she has to be home because <laughs> it's, it's a tough yeah. job. Like, I may it be the provider, no. but she's keeping that household up. Yeah. So it's really a team effort because you're yeah. both providing for the home. Yeah. Um, yeah. One person's keeping it together. You're just, you know, you're just a financial provider. And, you know, the, sorry, the wife, the mother at home, she's the one keeping it together because when you reverse the roles, you'll see how hard it is. And it's yeah. not easy being a stay-at-home dad. 
No, right. I don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> so, for real, what a woman brings, a wife, a mother, oh my goodness. Anybody thankful for your mama? Man. That's good. Did you? No? I just want to mention one more yeah. thing. I think it's very important before you get married, discuss those things. Discuss yeah, who's going to be in charge of what bills, in charge of, you know, are you going to cover the rent? I'm going to cover the car payments. So whatever that may be, it's, it's so smart, as, even with our premarital, I, you know, it's such a smart thing. Discuss all those little things because you don't want to do that after you get married. You want to discuss it beforehand, get out of the way. So, you know, it's prepare, prepare, prepare for a marriage. It's so That's important. Good. And, and speaking of preparing for marriage, um, here's another one real quick, and then we'll go to single life for all the single folks in here. Um, um, so what, what, how was your, like, because I think a wife has a way of bringing truth to her husband. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. They just have this <laughs> man of God in the back was like. Um, so how, how, does, how is your wife supposed to correct you? Um, and like, Michael, are you going to be the brave one here? Do you want to <laughs> jump out there? Because there is... That's what um, we agreed on, remember? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, know. I, drew, I drew the short straw. <laughs> um, I mean, we're all going to get corrected at some point, um, but the, it matters really the timing. timing. You know, if, are you going to correct your husband in the moment? That's kind of hard when you're within a group of people. Like, you're yeah. embarrassing me in front of my friends. Yeah. You know, you know, you know it, when you correct, when you're going to correct, so when my wife corrects me, she does it really in private. You know, I can make all the mistakes throughout the day, you know, but when we get home, she's like, okay, listen, <laughs> this wrong, this wrong, this yeah. wrong, this wrong. I'm like, wow, really? I thought I was right. But um, there's... You're like, I thought I had a great day. <laughs> there's a certain, like, you know... I was you, that bad. <laughs> exactly. You know, you, it, you, you show a certain level of respect for your wife when she does that because you're like, she knows that you were wrong in front of everybody, but she didn't take the time to you know, call you out and say, no, 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 you're wrong. I'm going to call you out, put you on blast in front of everybody. She took you to the side, yeah. waited till you guys in her private time, and she was more, you know, humble about it and, you know, kind, you know. Then that's really the best way, I think, to, to correct a husband, you know, in private, not in the moment, not in front of other people, you know, because, yeah. you know, whether we want to admit it or not, pride is there, and, you know, you get your feelings hurt, you know. Right. We have feelings, too, even though we're men. Right. We can take it, but <laughs> somebody say amen. amen. And I'll encourage you men. I'll t I'm telling you right now, you husbands, you were built for it. You, you can absorb it. You can. You were made to absorb that kind of truth coming from somebody that knows you better than anybody else. And it's, it's part of the marriage that, you know, um, and I know Chris may have something to say to this as well. Like, how do you know? How, you know, how does Venetia well, we come with all the, the time? Truth. I mean, Venetia, it's it's all about the tone. I mean, it's, yeah. it's you know, it's yeah, tone's it's good never way. easy for anybody to be corrected, but it's it's very healthy. It's, it stretches you, it makes you a better person. So right. just you know, it's like you said, the timing and the tone and how you deliver it. You know, yeah. deliver out of love, it's going to change the environment and change right. everything. So it's powerful. I'll give you three T's, uh, wives: uh, timing, <laughs> tone, and truth. <laughs> truth. Please, please, I, I beg you, tell your husband the truth. Please, tell him the truth because he needs it. And we need the truth. And wives, you have a way of finding that truth and speaking that. It's not hard for you. You, you just have a way. Um, I have a habit of like messing with my phone while we're driving. And my wife is constantly correcting me on that. Uh, just on the way here, I was in the carpool lane 
there was a car in front of me, and they were going slow in the carpool lane, and there was no cars in front of them. So I went out the double yellow line, Lord forgive me. <laughs> and I went like this. <laughs> and my wife was like, don't look at him. I was like, babe. Look, and she's like, well, there's nobody around, who cares? I was like, there's only one person in that car. I got four, five. Anyway, so she corrected me. She spoke truth. She's constantly, yeah, she, and it's for my safety, right? Yeah. So, so anyway, that's good, you know, and, and that's, you know, that's, that's a part of marriage is timing. Everybody say timing, timing. Tone, tone, and truth. You guys have any other thing in regards to that, family or any, uh, no? Good? Yeah, that's, that's, that's good, huh? That's, that's good enough? What's that? Leave it at that, huh? No, that's good. Um, here we go. So single life. Um, should the man or the woman be the pursuer and why uh, when it comes to finding that special someone? Who, I know we kind of alluded to that a little bit. You, go for it, Chris. Well, it's like the first verse you had up earlier. Uh, I really thought about that, and it, it, it tells us that the men, the man finds treasure. You, when you find treasure, you hunt for treasure. You don't, it's just like given to you most of the time you got to work for it so yeah and other, that's good i think they was right the other way if it's supposed to be the woman it would be the woman to find treasure but it's a man when you find a wife you find treasure so she's it's, the treasure you got to hunt for that pursuit for that you know i mean men are designed i guarantee every woman here every single woman would say she would want to be pursued and, and pursue her as a, you know a gentleman do it as you're going after god's daughter pursue her with honor and pursue her with grace mm -hmm. and love and you might get that woman you know, might get her. Yeah, that's good. Anything else, Michael, with that? Like, I as mean, far as being single and... I mean, it's been a while since I was single, so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, really, you know, it, it, like Chris said, it, the man should be the pursuer. You know, if you really want to work for something, you have to show her that. Show her that she's worth it. Show her that she's worth going after, worth... Yeah. Good. You know, whatever you have to do to, to, to be with her, you know, there's going to be a lot of hurdles, but you have to show that you're going to be able to jump over those hurdles. You know, if you're going after the woman who is just going to walk toward her and then she's there and she's yours, I guarantee you nine times out of ten, she's not the person you're supposed to be with. The person that you're supposed to be with, you're going to have to fight for. You're going to yeah. have to, you're going to, have to pursue. Yeah. That's good. Finds. Catches. You know, I, you know somewhat of my story. My wife, or at the, wasn't my wife at the time. She didn't give me the time of day. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. A good woman is not going to make it easy for you. Yeah. They're going to make you work for it. And yeah. This woman's definitely made me work for it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. It paid off, though. It paid off. <laughs> my wife's still making me work for it. <laughs> keep pursuing. Pursue and keep pursuing. You got you to gotta win her every day. Come on, husbands. You got to win that woman every day. You got to win her again and again and again. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Yes. So the pursuer. It's funny. I was praying for one of the young adult, one of the young men in here. We were pulling out of a parking lot and he was out there. And I was like, Lord, I just pray your blessing on them. Lord, bring increased favor. I was just praying all loud. I was just in the car. And he was like, a woman. I was like, a woman of God. <laughs> 
So hey, it's a, hey, it's that's an awesome thing that you that you if, if you're desiring that and all that good stuff. That's that's a that's a, that's awesome. How much more just in your walk with God? Make it a part of your journey with God. Bring it into your journey with God. Amen. Let's not let's not go get something outside of God and get it our way. Amen. Let, let's do this thing God's way uh, because he knows the deal. He knows how to make this thing work. And I think we get in trouble sometimes. We're pursuing the Lord and, and then we think we got to get outside of God to get what we want. No, let, let, let's keep this thing in, 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 on our path with the Lord. You know what I'm saying? It's, that's where, um, you know, he who finds wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Amen. Here we go. Um, what, is a, what is a Christian man looking for in a Christian woman? All right. Uh, Chris, what is a Christian man looking for in a Christian woman for the single folks out there? It's going to vary. Uh, but there's going to be some strong principles there. Is, is she pursuing God first? Is she pursuing, uh, is he first? And is the, am I going to be second? Uh, is, she, is she serving at church? Is she... Uh, is she like growing her relationship with God? Uh, is she going to look for those signs? How is she with family and friends? You know, I was, I was looking for somebody that's going to be uh, a great mother one day. How is she with kids? How is she, uh, like I said before, she's a great encourager. You know, I, I saw that early on in our relationship. You know, mm-hmm. when I found my wife, I was like, wow, what's wrong with this woman? There's nothing. I, I, I was trying to find something wrong with her, and right. I couldn't find anything wrong with her. And I made a joke about it. I was like, did she read the book, uh, How to Keep a Man or whatever? Like, did she, and she told me, she's like, no, she read the Bible. She read the Bible. She learned how to be a great Christian woman. And that made me want to yeah. make her my wife. I knew she was a strong yeah. woman. I knew she's going to continue to be a strong woman. That's too, good. So. That's good. And so he said, you know, is there something wrong with this? Because there's certain things, even on a physical side, that I was looking for. And so when, uh, I won't go into too much detail, but when I saw her, I was like, yes, Lord. <laughs> you know, there, and, and, that's, and, and that's part of it, but that's not all of it, right? But that ought to be part of it. How many of you know, I mean, obviously, Chris, as he mentioned, he was very much attracted to Venetia, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> see? And so, yeah, like... So, and, and, and that's, that's part of it. We don't want to throw that out and say, no, they just, you know, you, you don't be attracted to them. It's of the devil. No, that's not of the I, devil. I think that goes without saying. Yeah. That, so. yeah, yeah. No, I know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, what, what, anything, uh, Michael, what, what is a Christian man looking for in a Christian woman? Like? I mean, definitely, you know, everything Chris said hit the nail on the head, but there's also, you know, everyone has their, their wants. You know, I want this type of person. I want this type of person, but really... You should, when you're looking for somebody, you know, are you asking yourself, what do I need? You know, what, what voids in my life can this person fill? You know, what am I missing in myself that this person can, you know, bring out of me? Yeah. And, uh, you know, really with, with my wife, you know, she brought a lot out of me that I didn't even know was there. You know, it was amazing thing when um, she came into my, uh, my life. You know, I saw her and I told her, I joke with her, I was like, when I first saw you come into my house, um, she was running up the stairs. I look out, I told her, I was like, I said to myself, that's wifey right there. But uh, she didn't know it yet, but, you know, here we are. And I was right. I'm so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so how, how do you go about dating as a, as a Christian man? Like how, what's, you know, um, how do you do that? Carefully. Carefully? 
Because you, you, yeah, you've been married how long? It'll be two years, March two years. 18th. All right, whoa. Yeah. Wow. That is awesome. Two years. So you're fairly new in the game. Um, but but you, you obviously were dating and walking through that process. I mean, um, how, how do you do that? I mean, look for uh, like mentors, you know, somebody else that's truly walked out a Christian dating lifestyle. For us, it was one of the first times we really walked that, that lifestyle out. And it's, and it's very challenging to date and make sure you're lining things up right correctly. So, uh, you know, there's simple what? things. So, sorry, I, sorry. So you said it's diff- it could be difficult. It could be very difficult. Why? Because Why, the world is trying to show you you do it this way, mm-hmm. but you got to do it God's way. And, the, mm-hmm. the, you know, you're, every day on TV or whatever you're doing, they're showing, oh, but that's okay, right? You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're trying to compromise in certain areas. But to really protect your future marriage, there's a certain things you have to do. There's certain things okay, we can do this, but we're not going to do this. You got to make those boundaries. You got to yeah. make those things to protect that future possible marriage. You know, mm-hmm. are we going to go, we're not going to go to this bar to hang out. We're going to the coffee shop. We're going to, we're not going to, I'm not going to be standing over your house. I'm going to be, you know, staying here. And you got to do things. Go, you know, the safety in numbers, go out double dating you know, early on. Do those, do those things. Yeah. And uh, like I said, look for somebody that's really walked it out. You know, yeah. that's why we, we picked you guys for premarital. We've seen mm-hmm. a couple that's really walked this thing out. So we want to do the same thing. So it's very important to find those role models that's really yeah. doing this. And, you know, figure out where are, going to be, where are we going to, even as a man and early on in the relationship, what are you going to do to keep from going somewhere where you shouldn't go, you yeah. know? Yeah, because once you start dating, you like falling in love and stuff, you, it starts exciting stuff in the inside, you know? Um, and there's one time I was, my wife, I've shared this before, we were at my dad's house. She got to meet my dad up in Northern California before he passed. Rest in peace, Guido. Um, that's my dad's name. Um, but um, she, she stayed in there. We were staying in different rooms, and we were hanging out in the same room for a minute. And I was like, you need to get out of here. You need to get, get out in the name of Jesus. You have been evicted. <laughs> no, uh, no, for real. Uh, real, real talk. Uh, and my wife laughed and walked out. And I was like, you better keep moving. Cause... And I shut the door. I was like, in the name of Jesus. Right? No, but that's a real boundary. And that's a real, and, and those things are real. And uh, it's like, don't awaken love before it's time. Because when that thing wakes up, man, it's like, it's like, we're about to do this thing. And I, I wanted to wait. I wanted, I, and I had desires and feelings and wants and needs, but I had to wait because she was more, she's more valuable than that. I don't want to cross that line. And I, I know the struggle and the, and the pull, but it wasn't a, you got to, as a man of God, you got to say my desire, need and want take second to the value I'm going to place on her. Amen. And amen. Yeah. Uh, Michael, how does, how do you do, how do you do that? How do you date? When you're a Christian. Well, really, I mean, what when you meet a woman's uh, girl's father, what do you, what do they ask you? What are your intentions with my with my daughter? I mean, really, when you meet somebody, when you're ready to pursue them, I think it's a question yeah. you need to ask yourself. On the front end, that's good. What are my intentions that's with this good. person? Yeah. You know, is my intentions long term, or am I just here to to play around? Because if that's the case, you're wasting your time and you're wasting her time. Yeah. So if your t- intentions yeah. aren't forever for life for God, then you just need to step away. That's good. Wow, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. My wife actually asked those questions too early on in relationships. Yeah. What are your intentions? So women, 
I encourage you to do the same thing. Don't, you know, find out what this guy's really about. So mm-hmm. she was really smart about it early on. I was like, whoa, okay. So yeah. I had to figure out, give her an honest answer too. You go, so. Venetia. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, no. For real, I told a single lady the other night, I said, girl, don't give up those cookies. To s- <laughs> Somebody say amen. amen. You're a treasure. Keep them in the jar. Get your hands out the cookie jar, boy. Somebody say amen. Because when he gets it, that don't mean he's staying around. Don't you think, don't let the devil lie to you, woman of God. When he gets it, he's good now. Oh, Jesus. Don't you, come on now. You're worth more than that. And men of God, I understand the need and the desire and the want. But you know what I'm saying? But there's a higher standard in, in, in God's, in God's uh, plan, in his word. Somebody say God's plan. God's and I'm not talking about Drake's video. I'm talking about this word. <laughs> God's plan. Like the re- capital G-O-D. Amen? Amen. And it's not, God doesn't keep us from things because he just wants us to live this rigid religious life. No, because in the blessing of God, there's boundaries. That is is the blessing. That is part of the blessing. My wife, there's boundaries. Ain't nobody else up in this relationship. And the minute there's a temptation or something trying to creep in, that is not the blessing. They're violating the blessing. And so God's blessing always comes with parameters. It's, it's how God operates. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. Uh, temptation. Uh, here we go. I'm going to just have them put the scripture up, 2 Timothy 2.22, and then I'll ask a question. I'll start with Michael here. Um, uh, but 2 Timothy 2.22 says this, run from anything that stimulates youthful lusts. This is a good translation, NLT. Or some versions say, the familiar version to me is, you know, flee youthful lust. But I like this, how anything that would stimulate it, right? Certain, a a music, a time of night, candles, and it's only two of you and it's homegirl's house at night. And you're not married. That would, I would, I'm a holy man of God. But that would stimulate some things. (laughs) Come on, somebody. So, and I want them stimulated in the context God designed. All right, so anyway, run, run. Somebody say run, run. Like I told Crystal, get out, get out. Get away from me. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue. So, so the context is God doesn't want you just running from something. He wants you pursuing something at the same time. That's how God operates. I'm not only running from my past. I'm not, I, I'm not in fear or scared. I am pursuing the Lord. So, you know, run, but pursue righteous living faithfulness. I think there's a scripture that Chris had us bring up here. Uh, faithfulness, love, and peace, and joy. Here we go. The companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. And so in the area of temptation, it's such a powerful scripture, men of God and everybody here, but I like the context of running and pursuing and also the context of community. As Chris said, mentorship and companionship. There's something about other people that keep us. It's never always just you and the Lord that's gonna keep you. That is the initial, but we need people 
to help us. Amen? And so here's the question here for Michael. Can a man and woman have a close relationship without eventually having feelings for each other? And there was a few questions alluding to this that were submitted, but how do you navigate something like that? I mean, really, there's, you got, you got to have boundaries. You got to know, you know, really, like I said, what the intentions are. Is your intention just to be a friend with this person, especially if you're a married man? You know, you have a, a female friend, you know, what, is, what does that look like towards your wife? You know, what are your intentions? I mean, I have, I have female friends. My wife knows when we first met, you know, she would tell me, she goes, why don't, you don't have any male friends. You have all female friends. So why is that? Well, there was a, you know, story behind that. You know, my, um, my mom used to go through a lot of abuse, and I felt like, you know, you know, me being a friend to a bunch of women, I was there to help them if they needed help. They would call me, text me any time of the night. You know, then my wife came in the picture, and, you know, there was, there has to be boundaries there. So you know, there was some people that had to go because they were just some unsavory people. Um, and there's just, you know, those, just those healthy boundaries. You have to know yeah. that you only want to be a friend with this person because you as men, you know whether you're actually being a friend to this person or if you're attracted to this person. But you have to be real with yourself. You know, um, like there isn't, you know, my phone, you know, if I'm texting somebody, you know, there's no time where my wife can't walk up to me and just grab my phone and look at it. You know, I don't hide that from her. She knows that, you know, if she walks up to the stage, I'll give her my phone and I don't have a problem. But if you have to, if you give your significant other your cell phone and you're worrying about what this, they're going to see, the problem isn't them, it's yourself. Um, you have to be faithful to the person you're with, so you have to have everything open. That's, you know, that's the, the only way that I can have other female friends. I know truly is my wife has to know them. You know, I don't have a female friend that I'm with that she's not friends with. She has, she knows those people. I, I mean, the, my first intention, you know, if I meet somebody new as a female, the first thing they know that I'm married, and they know that I'm faithful. Mm-hmm. You know, that there's, there's no, never any question. You know, if you talk to any one of my friends, they know I'm married because I always talk about my wife. You know, I don't, I don't leave that as a secret. That's not a secret. That's one of my, my, my most pride, prided things. Is you know, I'm, I'm married. I have a wonderful woman at home. I know her worth, so I'm not going to risk it by trying to pursue someone else that I'm not supposed to. But it's really, you have to be honest with yourself because the other person, if, if, they don't, if they're not with somebody, if they're not committed to somebody, I'm sorry, they're not going to care about your situation. So you have to care about your situation. You need to good. make the right decisions on which people are going to be good for your relationship with the person you're with and your relationship with yourself, really, because it's integrity. You know, you, how do you act around this person when your wife or significant other isn't around? Mm-hmm. You know, if you act a completely different way, then you're doing something wrong. So it's all within yourself. You have to create those boundaries within yourself. Otherwise, you can't have a friendship with a uh, person of the opposite sex without having feelings because you're leaving yourself open to that. Yeah. So you need to put up that, those boundaries and keep to them. And once you feel yourself stepping away from the, those boundaries, you need to step away from that person. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Good word. Um, Chris, uh, in regards to this, Chris or Michael, I'll go to you. Uh, but and this is kind of last couple questions here, guys. You guys get something out of this um, this morning? Awesome. Awesome. Uh, here we go. So what, what has Christ done for you personally, you guys, um, with regards to being uh, delivered from lust? Um, and then I'll add to that just a kind of sub-question here. And that kind of, what, what do you do when you're tempted uh, by lust? But if you want to answer that first one, like, you know, what, what have you been delivered? Uh, and how, how, what has Christ done for you? Um, yeah, yeah, go for it, Chris. Yeah. I think what he's really done it 
I've, first of all, I've grown my relationship with God. So in doing so, I've heightened my, the Holy Spirit. I feel like he's kept me on track. And I, I feel like as men, we all have this, uh, we all have, you know, the Holy Spirit. Like if you, uh, it's like a radar detector. If you're, the more you're plugged into uh, God, coming to church, reading the Bible, the more that detector is going to be strong for you. It's going to keep you out of places where you don't need to be. It's going to keep you from going places where you shouldn't be outside of your marriage or even being a single. It's going to keep you from doing things you shouldn't be doing. So it's, he's giving me wisdom as far as like, you know, I'm not going to listen to this music anymore. I'm not going to be watching these movies anymore. You know, just, it's very important for men. I know we all have a root of a lust. We got to discover what, what that is, what's causing that that lust. If it's, is it something you're listening to? Is it a, is something you're watching on TV? Is it a friend that you're hanging out with? What's creating these thoughts? These thoughts don't just come out of nowhere. So if you, the root, you discover what that is, and you, and you pray to God, he's going he's gonna to help you with that issue. I think a lot of times we forget when we're in that situation to ask him. As soon as you ask him, I guarantee you, he'll give you a way out no matter what. So. That's good. Yeah, because when we were talking about some of these questions, I was like, yeah, what do you do when you're tempted by less? And Chris mentioned when we were talking, just kind of praying together and talking about this, you were like, well, why are you tempted by that? And that's right. a really good question. You kind of alluded, what is that in you? Because, you know, the Bible talks about how we are drawn away and enticed by our own lust. So there's something, sometimes it's not something coming at us, it's something in us attaching to something on the outside, something in us attaching to something that comes through, you know? But, um, but yeah, did you want to say anything no, else to that? Or, yeah. Uh, Michael, you know, what is something that God's delivered you from an area of lust, and what do you do when you're tempted by it? Um, really, you know, when earlier in our, um, our relationship, you know, I would talk to text a lot of uh, different people, and, you know, she would look at my messages and be like, why are you flirting with these people? I'm like, I'm not. Like, and she's like, yes, you are. I'm like, I don't see it. I really don't see it at all. And, you know, I know a lot of people have had that, that issue where, you know, you don't, I'm just talking to these people, but there's a certain way you go about it that can seem flirtatious. And you don't see it that way, but it's really like you don't, you don't notice that you're even doing it because it's just in your nature at the time. And, um, you know, it wasn't until that we really got back into church and I really got, you know, deeper into, you know, the word and that, God showed me, you know, you're wrong. You know, I, you know, I was like, wow. I look back at him, like I was wrong. I was doing something wrong, and I had to tell myself that, and I had to take a step back and be like, wow, I can't be saying these things. You know, I'm, I'm not doing. I wasn't doing it intentionally, but it came off that way, and it, it pretty, it was that way. You know, regardless, you know, I can try to beat around the bush about it, but it really, it, he delivered me from that mm, because. That's awesome. Now when, you know, I'm talking to people, it's no longer, you know, I don't say things I shouldn't say. It's just straightforward. You know, I don't, you know, there's no, there's no flirtatious attitude toward it. It's just me really just having a one-on-one -on -one with the person. And, you know, they know that my intentions are straightforward, that we're just friends. And, you know, that's something I was definitely uh, delivered from, from just, you know, with my walk with Christ. You know, anytime that, you know, um, you you get temptations in your in your life all all the time. You know I've found myself where I don't get temptations much because I I know my wife's worth to me. I know that it's not you know if an, another girl walks by you know I'm not looking at her I'm look I'm thinking about my wife or I'm looking at my wife. You know this is that's that temptation that risk for temptation isn't worth looking that way when what I have right here. You know, you awesome. really, the yeah. person you're with can deliver you from te temptation if you really know their worth. 
That's good. That's really good. Um, what would you guys um, say, let, let's say to somebody that may be, um, and we'll kind of close with this, that may be dealing with uh, just that battle of lust, whether it's in their mind or struggle or maybe um, like pornography or something. And, and that's a very real thing uh, out there, you know. Um, I see, you know, I, I personally see pornography as like kind of like if, if, if smoking weed, it's, smoking weed's like a gateway into some other things. Uh, pornography's a gateway into some dark things. Um, it's, you know, it's a kind of the first step into something that could really ruin a life, a marriage, all that. Like it's, 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 it's a destructive thing, uh, that perversion and all that, right? But what would you say maybe to somebody that's, that's dealing with that? Maybe even if it's internal or, or they're fighting it or, and maybe they're yielding to it, whatever. Uh, uh, just what would you say to a, a man? I will go back, like I said before. I would find out what's causing the, the root of that and... Mm-hmm. And get planted. Get, find a connect oh, group. Find something you can help do this life together. You, don't, you shouldn't do yeah. this life alone. Find somebody that's maybe overcome those same things and talk with them, like, how do you overcome that? You know? That's good. If you need men privately to pray for you, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, we work as a team here. We work as a family here. So really get, find a connect group. Find somebody. Don't deal with this by yourself. Find somebody that can, you know, we're here. We're not going to judge you. We're going to be right. here to encourage you right. to overcome the situation. So that's awesome. That is awesome. Get surrounded. Sometimes the, what the devil wants is to keep us, keep that thing covered. You know what I mean? And there's something about uncovering something that just takes the shame off of it and, 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 and open it up and allow God to breathe on it. Just bring it out into somebody you trust. There's, it's powerful. Um, when we confess our sins to one another, we're healed. And so that's powerful. Michael, any, what would you say to somebody? I mean, that, yeah, definitely. Like, you know, you were saying you should yeah. talk to somebody. Don't be afraid to, to admit your sin, you know, what you're going through to somebody. Yeah. Because, like, if I talk to somebody and then I'm afraid I'm holding this in, I'm holding this in, I'm fighting it on my own. But somebody's in front of me who I just tell them what's going on in my life. They may have went through the same thing and can help you through that because that's their testimony. Their testimony can help you deal with those battles in your life but if you're afraid to to express yourself to other people it's harder when you're fighting a battle within yourself you know you're stronger when when two people are together praying than one on on yourself so you know get together get get somebody you trust talk to them about what's going on and pray together you guys both pray together and you will deliver yourself quicker than having to deal with the battle on your own that's powerful amen let's just stand to our feet here did you guys get something out of this and come, yes. come on, um, give it up for these guys up here. They did an amazing job. So I just I wanted to um, dismiss here in a moment. Uh, but first and foremost, I wanted to, us to pray. If you guys don't mind just hanging out up here with me for a minute. Um, just wanted to pray for people um, and, and to come to Jesus first and foremost. And then if there's anybody out there, you know, whether you, you know, you're in... And obviously, this is our men's panel. This isn't just for men, but maybe it's something, prayer in, in this respect, as far as what we've been talking about, your marriage, um, your single life. Maybe it is something you're struggling with or fighting, um, you know, in the area of temptation, whatever it is. Uh, that's why we're here uh, to pray for you, to pray with you. Um, we all are walking through a, a process. We all need help in these areas. We all need God to breathe 
Um, and I, looking back even in my Christian life, that man, uh, how much God has kept me when I was on the brink of doing something wrong or dark or, you know, I, I mean, I'm thankful for what he took me out of, but I'm thankful for the times I didn't have to go there. Like, and, and it wasn't all sheer willpower. It was his goodness. It was community. It was somebody in my life, you know, giving me a, a good, encouraging word, you know, or, a, a, you know, just, and um, so just every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you for listening to the Sanctuary LA podcast. Tune in again next week and stay awesome and be blessed.